With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. It's Tuesday night, it's 6.30pm, which can mean only one thing here on Radio City Talk. We are the Fight Disciples, myself, Nick Pete, and my co-presenter, Adam Catterall, is back from sunning himself in delightful Greece. And we are back on the airwaves. And listen, this is supposed to be downtime. There's not supposed to be much going on in fights right now, in boxing, in mixed martial arts and anything. This is the off-season. But what have we got? We've got... A two-weight world champion coming back this weekend. We've got press conferences going on in Liverpool. We've got all kinds of super series fights to talk about. There is no downtime to the fight game anymore. Listen, it's a busy show tonight. Uh, We've caught up yesterday with everyone at the Matchroom press conference. You're going to hear from Anthony Fowler and Paul Butler and Eddie Hearn himself, all the protagonists from that card. And then later on in the show as well, we're also going to be speaking to the one and only former two-weight world champion, Carl Frampton, ahead of his return in Belfast this coming weekend. But in this first part of the show, my mate, Mm. back with your nice tan and everything else, you're looking well. Rust, rust, mate. Rust, a little bit of uh, rain in Greece over the weekend. (laughs) Rain's in Greece in July. First time in 25 years and I was there. I'm not going to go through the story right now. I'm going to save it to tomorrow's podcast, all right? Like your style. Mm. Like so, your style. So make sure you're involved tomorrow on our website, all right? Listen, before we get into these interviews that we that we did yesterday, and before we even get excited about Carl Frampton coming back this weekend on terrestrial TV as well, thank you, Barry McGuigan. We love you. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Let's, let's, let's uh, change the narrative to the World Boxing Super Series events, which is coming up. It's coming to Liverpool. Yeah. Callum Smith is headlining in the card. Now we've been getting it wrong. I've been I've been told. Well, hang on a minute. Don't, we've don't, been getting it. Don't wrong. put me in your oh, sorry. boat here, son. I've been getting it wrong. <laughs> so we, the world was led to believe that the World Boxing Super Series, made by the Sauland brothers, who are the biggest promoters based out of Germany, we were told that they put, put this tournament together, featuring the best boxers of two weight classes this time around, super middleweight and cruiserweight, and they're going to be bringing all together all these champions, all these great fighters, and they're going to put on events around the world. But we were led to believe the home promoters, the home management managers of these champions would be hosting these events, and it would just have the bells and whistles mm. of World Boxing Super Series. Mm. But I was wrong. That's not the case. I've spoken to Team Sauland. Mm. They've put me right and said, no, no, Nick. This is not a matchroom show. Did they do it with an accent or did they do it in Scouse? How did they do it? Well, I'm trying to think how they would do it because they're London-born, Germany-based. Yeah, go on. Should I go there? Yeah, go. Mate, why not? You know what I mean? Let's let's play the race card. Let's see if we can get in trouble. Um, so the, the, <laughs> the phone call went along the lines of, Guten Tag, Nick. There you go, you see. This is where Nick um, excels as a this young... This is where my GCSE well, German a lot of, comes into it. Not even that, now. you're acting as well. A lot of people don't know that. So obviously you come from an acting background. You've got actors in your family. Well, my, my sister's an actress. I don't know what me Yeah, but you actress. did a bit when you were at school I, as well, I, didn't you? I do all right on a five-side football pitch and all that. Mm. Guten Tag, Nick. 
me old mate. <laughs> That's kind of how it went. Anyway, let's yeah, move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of said, listen, they, they, we're sorry. We, we appreciate the Fight Disciples support. We know you love the show. And I'll come back to it because we got one thing right. Mm. But they said, listen, this is this is not a matchroom show. Yeah. This is a Sowland Events Presents World Boxing Super Series show. And the quarter final, you're right, is coming to Liverpool with Calum Smith. But it's not a matchroom show. It's not, it may not even be on Sky Sports. We don't know yet. <laughs> TV deals are being done, Adam. TV deals around the world. Right. But what this card on the 16th yes. may do... We, mu- we must stress that because there's two cards coming up in September so don't get confused with these cards so we've got the World Boxing Super Series headline by Callum Smith coming to the Echo Arena on September the 16th yes we're later in the show part two of the show we're going to be hearing from all the main protagonists that are on the Matchroom Sky Sports show at the same venue on September the 30th we'll come on to that shortly but coming back to the 16th card so we may well see a lot of Sowland fighters come over to the UK. Mm. We may see a completely different... F- if you're a regular in Liverpool that like goes the boxing all the time, you love it. Listen, this 16th show, we might see some fresh fish, bit of fresh meat, bit of fresh <laughs> talent over there. But one thing I did get right, we did get right. They said to me, listen, come closer. Don't tell anyone. Which basically means I can tell everyone. Mm. Which we do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, we, listen, never, we never put the filter on. Exactly. They said, Nick, you're exactly right in regards of... Yes, Callum Smith has got hometown advantage for a quarter final, but he's going to have to sell it out to make sure he gets home advantage for the semi final. We're basically going to judge it and see how good it is. He said, if Liverpool is popping on the 16th and Callum Smith manages to beat Scoglin and moves forward to the semi final, he said, you're right, there's a good chance the semi final could come back to Liverpool. And if we sell out the semi final. Yeah. And we set up a potential showdown with a George Groves or even a Chris Eubank Jr., depending on, you know, there's a long way to go yet. Mm. He said, you're right. There could well be a deal to be done for Anfield in May. He said, so keep going with that narrative. Keep going with that line. How amazing would that be? That would be unbelievable. That would be absolutely sensational. This fight itself, um, obviously, we're, we're... it, it, it's crazy having two big events in Liverpool going off at one time. But I think that's I, where the confusion comes in. I'm struggling it? to look past. Even I know it's two weeks later. Maybe that's what it is. But we're excited yesterday, seeing all the lads and all the big announcements. Obviously, the big Merseyside derby, if yeah. you like, with Masher against Tom Stork and everything else. You know, some new additions to that roster. And Tom Farrell's in a great fight against O'Hara Davis in the aftermath of O'Hara Davis's fight and everything else. We're getting excited. But for me, that buffer's always... It's Callum Smith in this. What's this world boxing super series? We've never seen it before. Mm. And we've certainly never seen the Sowlands do their own big events in Liverpool. Mm. So now I'm like, they've got me now. I want to see what it's going to be like. I want to see who else is going to be on that card. It's kind of a perfect opportunity for them to bring something new and something fresh because the whole concept of this tournament is something new and something fresh. I, yep. can't, I like it. When we, we were massive fans of the way that the, the cruiserweight division started to set up. All the belts are in there. You've got these eight lads that are going to go so over a period of nine months and then you're going to have a unified champion at the end of it in the cruiserweight yep. division. Now, with regarding the belts, it didn't necessarily come out that way with the super middleweights, but okay, we had to eat a little bit of humble pie, didn't we, by saying once all the names were, were named in the super middleweight division, it was one of them where you're going, that's a bit tasty. Yep. You're going to get a world champion who's going to come out, even though only with one proper recognised belt. I know the IBO's in there now with Chris Eubank Jr., but you've got the guy that comes out of this super series as the main man of the division, mm-hmm. and he's going to be going, right, okay, then who, want, who wants a piece of the pie? James DeGale, you fancy this? Well, I'm the I'm the A-side. I'm the biggest star now. Come yeah. and play the game. I've just done the World Boxing Super Series. I'm the main man. I've got the Ali Trophy. Yeah. You know? So... It's an opportunity for the Sowlands and the guys that are involved with this 
because the tournament's so new and so fresh and got a lot of people talking and excited, it's kind of a, a nice opportunity to change the way that maybe we interact and receive boxing events, yep. where we receive it on TV. All these types of things are kind of exciting really for me because at this moment in time we, we speak a lot don't we on all our shows about how good British boxing is at this moment in time and we've never had it so good and we're consuming it on free to air TV as we'll talk about with Frampton later on in the show on Channel 5 at the weekend then you've got the Sky Guys then you've got BT and Frank wanting to get involved you've got uh, the new thing with David Hay on uh, yep. on Dave and all this type of stuff you've got all these platforms now but with this tournament you've got another opportunity to bring and maybe freshen the whole thing up and throw another spanner into the works to get everybody up in their game once again. It can only get better. Exactly. And as I say, we've never seen the Sowlands do an event here in Liverpool or certainly in the UK. So to to go and see their flavour, you know, we've all seen what the Klitschko events are like. Mm. When Klitschko fights in Germany, they have those incredible video monologues. Remember the one where he was like talking to Muhammad Ali in the dressing room and he, he walked through like this Hall of Fame corridor and, you know, they do things differently. They present their shows differently. Mm. The atmosphere is different. The lighting rig's different. But not only that, the undercard will be different from what we've seen before. You know, are we going to see Mikel Kessler potentially from a fight on this car? You know, he's announced that he's coming back. Good shout. Could Kessler be on the undercard? You know, that's what I'm really... That's what's exciting me as much as that event... Obviously, Callum Smith, we've both gone on record saying we believe not only a one-weight, but a two-weight world champion mm. in the weekend. The kid has got the whole city behind him. And that's the other thing I like about it as well. You know, it would have been... It would have been easy to just mesh these cards together and then throw bells and whistles on top and go main event Callum Smith and yeah. there we go and it's World Boxing Super Series so we have the normal we have the normal matchroom show and then basically they just change piggyback like they a just, piggyback exactly yeah. they turn the bells and whistles on and go okay and we'd have gone okay well we were expecting that but it was basically just a matchroom show yeah. with a, a, a fight at the end that has actually got different connotations than a usual world title fight or whatever it may be the fact we're getting something completely different yeah it's exceeding the said, yeah yeah no, no, this is a World Boxing Super Series event. The whole thing is going to be a World Boxing Super Series event. Mm. That's what I'm excited about. Who's going to be on the undercard? What's it going to look like? What TV channels are going to go to? Who's going to be commentating? Mm. Who's going to be here fight week in this city? What are they going to be doing? What's the press conference going to look like? What's yeah. the weigh-in going to look like? All that kind of amazing stuff. That's what's kind of got me going as much as anything else. And both of us obviously cover UFC. You more, you more so over the last 16 years. And their events, when you go to a UFC event, I'm not talking, obviously, going to America to do it. Even when they do it here in the UK. Yeah, Glasgow, two weeks ago. When they did Manchester at the back end of last year. Yep. It, there's a difference in just the event. Yes, okay. At the end of the day, it's two guys in combat and they're stood either in an octagon or the ring and the the outcome's the same. You know what I mean? Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, or whatever. But just the experience for the fan, the fan experience is what I'm trying to refer to here. Like, yep. just the week building up is the is the press going to be different are they going to do different types of press conferences different types of weigh-ins all those types of things when it gets to the actual night how are the fans going to consume it because if you go to a UFC event it's very different than going to a boxing event you get boxing fans coming in a lot later normally don't you just to see the main event yeah. if you go into the UFC you're in from fight one because you know fight one might be an absolute screamer like fight 10 or whatever it may be yep so all these things got me excited because the team that is involved, obviously, with this, with the Ali Trophy in the World Boxing Super Series, we've not seen them do this here before. No. And they've got a blank canvas, really. They've got a brand new tournament, blank canvas. I'm so excited just to see from a from a, from a sure point of view what it's going to be like. We know the fight's going to live up to it. The main yeah. man's going to live up to it. Callum Smith and Eric Scoggins are going to go toe-to-toe. It's going to be a great fight. fight. Yeah. We know that. 
But what are the bells and whistles? And again, that's where I get excited because this now is an opportunity to take boxing to the next level and to keep it in the mainstream for a longer period than we're both anticipating that it will be because it's going to end at some point. The bubble bursts at some point. It's mm-hmm. cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get them all good and then maybe the talent's not as good, so therefore it dips a little bit and then they come back, all these type of eras. But this is an opportunity to go, wow, yeah, I really enjoy going to the boxing. And yeah. new fans come to that and go, do you know something? I can't afford to go to the footy or I can't afford to go to X, Y, and Z. Exactly. I'm not enjoying it as much because it's a little bit distance from me now, yeah. professional football. Let's go and have a look at this event. Blimey, hey, this is all right. I kind of like a bit of that. It's a great opportunity for the city and just yeah, them in general. Exactly. You know, and, and previously tournaments have always done well. Obviously, they serve their purpose, but matching themselves, they did the, the, the prize fight. And when prize fighter first started, everyone couldn't get enough of it. It was absolutely brilliant because yeah. it was just, it was so different. Yeah, yeah. And it was a real like tournament feel to it. It was a, you know, obviously a round robin storyline to everything. And, and you had guys that weren't necessarily knocking on the door for world titles, but we were make, they were making stars out of them. And uh, I think everyone bought into that. And then looking back to the only other time in, in modern history where we've had something similar to the Muhammad Ali Trophy and the Super Six tournament, which featured Carl Frock and everybody else, that was amazing. Like everyone was fully bought in on that. And I think the Sowlands are, are intelligent guys. I think they've looked back at, the, at that format, the Super Six, and gone, "That was really successful, but it was really widespread. It wasn't. Yeah. It, they kind of went, and this is part of the World Super, the, yeah. the, the, the Super Six tournaments. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the Super Six tournament. Never owned it, like." This is going to own it. Yeah. World Boxing Super Series. It's a shame because Muhammad Ali fights, Trophy. Exactly. It? I think Muhammad Ali Trophy are going to own this. You're going to feel like that's why they're pushing to do the event themselves. All these, all these fights, all these quarterfinals, the semis and the final, they're all going to be under the same umbrella, the Muhammad Ali Trophy, mm. World Boxing Super Series, whatever you want to call it. And that's what's going to give it that feel, that look. And I think by the end of it, by May next year, mate, mate, that was amazing. And how good is it that the first one's in Liverpool? Well, exactly. For us. The for first us. event. It's amazing, isn't it? Exactly. That's what, this city gets to taste it for the first time. Yeah, We're going to yeah. be the first people to taste it and go, wow, this is different. This is new. Mm. And that's probably why they've chosen Liverpool as well, because obviously Liverpool boxing is riding the crest of a wave right now. The hottest talent coming through in the ranks is Callum Smith right now. They've got the perfect guy in the perfect tournament, in the perfect city, in my opinion. To get to really launch this thing and everyone on social media going, this is awesome. Listen, don't get me wrong. I think Eddie's show later in the month is class as well because there's tons of narratives on there. There's now real stuff that you want to buy in and go and see. It's going to be an expensive month for five fans, but I don't think anyone can afford to miss the Muhammad Ali Trophy event because it's going to be very special. Think Champions League, and you know that's where I'm thinking of it. Yeah. This is not a Premier League event. This is a Champions League event. And I think shout. it's going to feel like Champions League. Different look of the programs, different commentary, different weigh-in setup, different press conference setup. Mm. The Sowlands will be hosting the weigh-ins, not Eddie Hearn. It could be different, different TV networks there. I can't wait for it. I really, I'm super excited. Mm. September 16th in Liverpool is when that is happening. When we've got more information on tickets, events, stuff that's going on throughout the course of the week. You'll hear it right uh, here with us, Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Coming next, more boxing for Liverpool. We're going to be talking about September 30th. Nick's been out with his microphone talking to the main protagonist of that uh, event that's happening at the Echo Arena. Don't go anywhere. It's coming next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. So yesterday, me and Adam headed down to the Battle on the Mersey uh, matchroom fight card, which is coming on September the 30th. We caught up with some of the main protagonists on the card. We've got Tom Stalker, Anthony Fowler, the main event himself, Paul Butler. But first of all, we spoke to promoter Eddie Hearn to get his gauge on how excited he is to come back to the city with another big Sky Sports card. You know, I think we're all under a lot of pressure at the moment to 
produce good fight nights. Obviously, you've got more broadcasters than ever, more promoters than ever. Um, so really, moving into the new season, you want as many 50-50s as possible. To get four championship 50-50s on a card was, was a, a coup for us. And to get the rivalries on the card as well was also a coup for us. Starting with, you know, Masha Dodd against Tom Stalker. Stalker's been calling it out for about a year. You know, it's Birkenhead against Liverpool. Then you've got O'Hara Davis, probably the most hated man in British boxing after me. You know, against, against Tom Farrell, who's a real great young fighter, young undefeated prospect from Liverpool, who stepped up as well and said, yeah, I want that. You know, I want to be in these fights. You've got Rocky Fielding against David Brophy, British and Commonwealth super middleweight title. You know, and both those guys putting their titles on the line. You're going to have hundreds coming down from Glasgow for that. And then our new signing, Paul Butler, against Stuart Hall in a rematch of their IBF uh, bantamweight world title, which was another great fight. You know, four real 50-50 pick and fights. And as you see from the turnout, Liverpool fight fans, what I said at the start of the press conference, they're educated. You know, you can't put on anything and just expect them to buy a ticket and expect them to turn up. You need to put on an event that they go, fair play, that's a good fight night, I'm there. And this, I feel, is one of those. And he wasn't wrong if the uh, press conference was anything to go by. There's a bit of needle about. It started quite tame, didn't it? Everybody were nicey-nicey and all a bit of introductions. There were some fighters there whose opponents weren't there. Mm-hmm. And then you put the microphone in front of Tom Stoker and he blooming changed up, didn't he? Blooming heck, he had a little bit of a fire in his belly, did old Tom boy? Yeah, well, he's had to he's had to go on social media and he's gone out of his comfort zone. And Masha Dodd pointed this out, did he? It was Tom out of his comfort zone. But, you know, he, he's had to do that to get this fight. Mm. He's had to become the bad guy, as mm. you like. Um, so you know obviously Masha played up to that a little bit Masha gets to play the hero in this one because it's Tom that's calling him out mm. that's doing that City rivalry so listen I've caught up with Tom and let's, let's hear his take on it do you know what like, I've wanted this fight for a year now I've been trying to get it on the Twitter and he's been I think he's been very like making out like he's miles ahead I mean he's a lot better than me I think he's terrible and I've had a little bit of thing in me where I'm going to the approach of this fight only more I want it more, I want to be more vocal on how I feel on the fight and I think um, I'm just going to smash his head and I can't wait for it for 10 weeks time because uh, I'm going back to Spain Monday, sorry Tuesday tomorrow uh, and I'll be in the gym hard and I'll be working hard on on, on winning every single round against them. Most fans know who've followed your career, both amateur and pro, know that you're one of the nicest fellas in boxing. It is a bit unusual to see you being vocal and trying to be quite antagonistic on stage and stuff like that. But have you realised now that you know if you're not careful, your career can pass you by and you've got to get vocal to make it happen? Of course. No, I'll be honest, he's got under my skin just by the way he's been on the Twitter and just a few things. So I think now I'm enjoying being... I think, look, he's the good guy in the fight, I'm the bad guy. That's the way it's going to be with it, where... I don't care who, who he'd, be, he'd be bringing a lot over, but I have a lot of your support on me, and I just think um, he, he can't beat me. I'll be talking boxing wise, you know. Boxing-wise. Obviously, he needs to drag you into a fight. If he does, he can't. He, he's, not, he's not even a massive puncher. He, even if he drags me into the fight, like yeah, I, I just don't rate him. You know what I mean? I just don't rate him. I swear, and I just think it's going to be an easy night for me. He'll be talking skill wise now. Do you think this could be a, a box, a bit of a box of masterclass? Is that what you're predicting? Skill wise, boxing wise, no, but I'm, I'm well as a boxer than him. He's got a chance when he drags me into the fight, but you get a shock because I can fight as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, look, if you look at the careers, I've been beat once by Jack Castle. Yeah, I got stopped. I was trying to fall back. He was, he was the best man on the day, but I, I wouldn't give up trying to fall back. He was, he was one of the best 140 fighters at the moment. Yeah, Jack Castle is. And I lost to Evans. I've had a few draws that should have went my way that I didn't get. I know I'm levels levels above him and I'm going to show him. Commonwealth title on the line as well. This could be the perfect springboard to finally get your pro career off the ground. 
Exactly. Well, do you know what? Without going on as an amateur, I was getting kicked off the GB team 2010. Bob McCracken goes to me, if you don't win a medal in the Europeans, you're off. I won a medal and then my, my career uh, went, went better and better. I'm going to beat him June, uh, September 30th and then my career's going to push on and we'll have the Commonwealth, the WBC International and then we'll see where it goes then. Before we go any further on Tom Stoker, can we just confirm that Tom Stoker has confirmed that my prospects of the year, <laughs> just in case you'd misheard him there, maybe you didn't fully understand what he said, Jack Catterall, one of the best, one of the best in that particular weight division. Good lad. That's what I like to see, isn't it? Nothing like bragging when someone else backs you brag up. Always good. He won good spirits, but very, very different personality-wise than what we've seen previously. With yeah, him. listen, I've, I've been around Tom since he was a teenager. You know, I remember when he first got into it. It was there Jamie was the better boxer fighting mm. out of uh, St. Ali's. It was Tom that was kind of came second fiddle. But I followed him. I know Tom probably better than any other media person out there. And any. You know, it doesn't take a genius to work out that. He was out of his comfort zone there at that press conference yesterday. That wasn't the real Tom Stoker. He's, he's had to force himself. He's had to become the feel to make this fight happen. But as he told us there and as he confessed afterwards, he was like, you know what? If I've got to play the bad guy, I'll play the bad guy as long as it gets me the fight I need. Uh, well, he was the original captain of Team GB. The last one was also there yesterday and you caught up with Fowler as well, didn't you? Let's yep. have a listen to that. So we've now got Anthony Fowler backstage, the machine himself. Playing up to the crowd there, loving it. Are you uh, excited finally to get this homecoming fight? Yeah, it's been a long time, mate. I've boxed. I boxed in Liverpool in 2014 in the ABAs, and since then I am boxed. So it's, it's a good three years, that. And I, I loved having the home crowd, all my friends and family cheering for me. Just a little edge when you need it, and um, excited, I'm excited, yeah, very. Three fights in and an opponent. This is really unusual for someone so early in the career. What does that make? Any difference when you go away with Dave Caldwell now and working Sheffield? Does it matter that you know the guy is? Yeah, the things we can wear towards his weaknesses now and then playing it. Yeah, obviously it's strength as well. But now, like normally I'm getting told the day before, basically like like in the amateurs. But it doesn't bother me because I can adapt. Whoever I get in the ring with, I can adapt. I've boxed all shape sizes, all stars across the world, and I've beat most of them. You know what I mean? I've beaten nearly all of them. So um, I'm confident whoever again. As you can tell there, he's absolutely buzzing to be back. And he wasn't the only one, obviously. Tasha Jonas is uh, fighting on this card too. Both former GB team Olympians mm. coming back home to make their big professional bows, if you like, and, and, and con- continue with their careers. So super exciting time. There'll be massive support there. There will also be massive support for, but you know, the guy we were there at the press conference yeah. yesterday, the whole point of us being there was Paul Butler. This is a guy that's been a world champion. He lost his world, uh, gave up his world title, actually won it from Stewie Hall, the guy who was going to be fighting on September the 30th. Then he gave up that belt, went and fought for a different world title. That didn't work out for him. Ultimately, you know, is that what's cost him his relationship with Frank Warren? Is this why he's jumped over to Eddie Hearn? We caught up with him and we asked him. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think... Um Missing out on the Jamie McDonald fight was the final straw for me. Um, as soon as I joined Joe, we got talked about with um, Marlon Tapolis. So we were working towards that. He said it was a done deal. Lost out on that. We got told we'd have the winner of Hall versus Haskins. We lost out on that. Um, and then they missed out on, on Jamie McDonald, which I thought, because I was paying for sparring partners, I thought it was a done deal. Um, Contracts were in the post, we were told. So was I. I. I got told they were signed, done. Just waiting on a date and a venue. Um, we got the date, we got the venue um, on the Billy Joe bill. And um, that fell through, I don't know why. And then I get a phone call saying that one's off. We've uh, missed the date or 
he weren't paying Jamie McDonnelly the amount of wages what he wanted. So, fair enough. I asked for my contract back, and, and fair enough to Frankie give it me, which is, which was nice of him. It, we thought it'd be a lot more difficult than that, but we got our contract back, and we moved on with Eddie now. Yeah. All changed then, really, with, with Team Butler. Obviously, the move over to Joe Gallagher. Things are growing gig there. This looks like a, a perfect start for you. You're a final eliminator for a world title fight. You couldn't in in Liverpool as well. You couldn't really have asked for more. That's it. Like I've been put, I've been asking for the big fights for the last two years since I got beat by Tete. And uh, ten rounders and eight rounders are just no good for me. Can't get up for them. You don't have an opponent till like the last two weeks, three weeks before the fight. And it's hard to diet. It's hard to get up. To go and do your runs. But my first fight under Eddie, he's produced a good straight away. Final eliminate against Stuart Hall, an old foe of mine. Um, and someone I really believe I will do a job on this time. I think last time anyone that watched the fight, you know, you mentioned on stage there, people said it was close. I think it was that close that you convincingly beat him last time to become a world champion. And you did it on, you know, away from home, if you like, as well. Performance-wise, though, and, and just the way you've matured, and obviously you've switched trainers as well, you're... you're 50% at least better than the Paul Butler that beat him last time, aren't you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, they were touching on before, saying it was close. I don't think it was close, but I don't think it was a landslide. I think I think I won the fight by three or four rounds. Um, but touching on, obviously, with the move and me being a better fighter than I was back then, I believe I'm, I'm a 10 times, 50 times better fighter than I am back then. I think everyone everyone pretty much knew the game plan last time. Stuart Earl had come strong coming down the street. So we had to move. We had to move my feet. Pinch rounds off him. And that's exactly what I've done. I pinched the title off him that night. You were the baby then. You were a young man. It was, it was man, versus, man versus boy back then. Now this time it's going to be man versus old man. And I, I really believe I'll, I'll dominate this fight. And I think after six rounds like last time, I had to move. After six rounds this time, of me after pinging him and pinging him and pinging him, I'll sit down right in front of him and I'll show him who the boss is. He said on stage there that uh, you know if he doesn't win this fight, it basically means retirement for him. And does that does that make him a different animal, or in your mind does that mean he's already got one foot out the door? Like a few people have spoke to me about this, saying, "Ah, oh, Stewie Hall's finished, though, isn't he?" But he's not. I, I don't think he is. I think I think he had one of his best performances against Haskins when he finally switched when he when he switched it on after five rounds. I thought he had a decent performance, but I think that's what you get with Stewie Hall. Comes in straight lines. Um, and comes strong down the street. He's always been the same ever since he started his career till now. He done exactly the same with me. Started, started, uh, started late. So we expect that. We expect him to to start slow. I, to be honest with you, I think he will try and start a little bit quicker this time because he knows in the back of his mind that's where he lost it last time. So if he if he starts quick, then that pleases me because going down the home street, like I say, it's not super flyweight versus bantamweight anymore. It's, Bantamweight versus Bantamweight, and I feel like I'm a strong Bantamweight now. As you can tell, he's in good spirits. Yeah, he's very looking good forward spirits. to a fresh start on the match room, and you know, you looking can't... younger. Can I say? Because I took. How, a, how I... could he look any younger? Well, I was doing all the videos and the and the pictures yesterday for our website. You can check it all out on our social media at Fight Disciples. And he genuinely now, how old is he? 28, 29 years of yeah, age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He looks 21. <laughs> yeah. He's cut. He's he's going yeah, back. But he's always looked. Yeah, but he's the Benjamin Button 16. of boxing. He's getting younger, is the lad. <laughs> That's what that is what is happening with him. I love it. He, anyway, he was in great spirits. It's going to be a great card down on September thirtieth. Cannot wait yeah. for that. However, mm. one thing I've got to, I'm looking forward to before then is this weekend. Carl Frampton is back. Terrestrial TV. 
sensational stuff and we're going to be catching up with him in the third part of tonight's show you are listening to fight disciples on radio city talk stay with us you're listening to the fight disciples podcast welcome back to part three of the fight disciples if you're just tuning in where have you been you've missed all the action you've missed all the callum smith talk you've missed talk of the september 30 matchroom show we've had everybody on the show tonight but we're going to finish in style my main man adam uh, maybe we've got the main man coming up himself this weekend. Carl Frampton, two-weight world champion, returns on Channel 5. The people's champion. Yes, mate. terrestrial TV boxing. We absolutely love it. Frampton is back on Saturday night, and he's fighting uh, a Mexican guy, Gutierrez, mm-hmm. who's got an incredible record. This is a, a real fight, Adam. Do you oh, not agree? This oh. is a genuine... Only been beaten once, this Gutierrez fella. Uh, and as Carl will explain to you in a minute, he genuinely believed when he watched that fight... Uh, that he was harshly dealt a loss yep. there. This kid can punch. He's a big boy. Um, and this is a real test. All right, it's not a household name. There's not a lot of people that know his name, and they much prefer maybe a Selby yep. or uh, or something else, maybe a Leo Santa Cruz. That's next. That's next. Be but, patient. Be but patient, this is a, everyone. But this is a world title eliminator. Of course it he is. He comes through this. He sets up a lovely fight with Gary Russell Jr. We'll speak in more depth of how we think this fight will go uh, on tomorrow's boxing podcast, episode 119, which is available on our website, fightdisciples.com. Make sure you go and uh, subscribe. But yeah. You caught up with him. It was about a month ago now, wasn't it? About four weeks ago. It was was before... I went to go and catch up with Josh Taylor, the head of uh, the O'Hara Davis fight. And uh, Carl was just there. And he's the proper people's champion. He's he's just so... For a guy that has created history in Northern Ireland, two-weight world champ, first man to ever do that, he's just chilling out, kicking back. I mean... I look at him like a bit of a hero, a modern-day hero, and I've no doubt he will be a Hall of Fame fighter at some point. You've got Barry McGuigan kicking around, who's a proper hero, and he's just like... He caught the bus to the gym that day. We're talking about Carl Frampton. He caught the bus to the gym, just a normal dude. And he sits down, he goes, I'll have a chat with you, no worries. Yeah, 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 what do you want to talk about? And we talked about kids, we talked about all different types of stuff, but obviously then we got... We talked about the fight this weekend, which is the main thing. Let's have a a little play of that now and we'll pick up afterwards. Listen, let's talk, before we get Gutierrez, before we get Belfast, let's talk about um, Santa Cruz, America, mate. The plan, as every time I speak to Barry about yourself, it's always, the words that he always mentions are Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame fighter, that's the plan, Hall of Fame fighter. And if you're going to be a Hall of Fame fighter, you go out, uh, you go out to the States and that's where you do it, man. Um, first time round went to plan. Second time round, still an unbelievable fight, but didn't go your way. Yeah. I know you want number three, mate, but I'm sure you've got plans after Belfast to go back out to the States and do it again. Of course, you know, I, I'm kind of... I, I was 30 on my last birthday, so... Um, out, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I had a shave there recently, so I don't look it, but... I'm 30 years old now. I don't want to be fighting. I don't want to be hanging around for the rest of my days. So I want to. I want to have a few fights in the states, a few fights back home, and then call it a day pretty soon. Um, but I, you know, the Hall of Fame potentially, if I get a few big names on on the resume before I pack it in, you know, I could be I could be a Hall of Fame fighter. The only the only guy from Northern Ireland ever to win world titles in two divisions. I, I'd like to have a crack at Superfeller at some weight as well, but. At some at some point as well, but the main guy that I want to fight um, before my career is up is the only man to beat me as a professional. And that's Leo Santa Cruz. Just to settle the score, it's it's one all. It has to. You, you, you got a rubber match, haven't you? You've got to have a decider. Yeah, of course, and it kind of, it sets it up nicely. You know, um, if you want to take any sort of positive from me getting beat the second time, it just sets it up for the third fight. So um, it's going to be tough. I think if we fight, me and him fight. Ten times, they're all going to be tight fights. So, 
Um, but the rubber match has been set up. Hopefully, it can come off. Belfast. I'd love it to be in Belfast. He's I... not going to fancy that man. He's not going to come. On, he's not going to come to your home city with them screaming mad fans, mate. In Windsor Park, it's not. It's not going to happen, is it? I I doubt he'll come to Belfast. But you never know in this game. But um, I highly doubt that. I may have to travel for that one. But I, I've done it. You know, I I travelled to the states before and beat him. Um, I'm confident I can do it again. Um, but again, it's one fight at a time. I need to get past this guy Gutierrez first, and and if there's any slip ups here. You can forget about the Santa Cruz fight, you know, so um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. In that second fight, do you take it as a compliment that he totally changed his game in order to, to tackle what you did to him in the first time round? No, I didn't take it. Because he fought totally differently. I've never seen him fight like that. Yeah, that and that's, that's the mistake that, that I made. I, I, I didn't think he could fight like that. And um, that wasn't me being naive. I was thinking that, you know, where was the evidence of him fighting like that in his 30 odd previous fight? So I thought he was just going to come even more he's going to come head first and, and try a little bit harder than he did the first time but he got up on his toes and, and uh, he outsmarted me um, which I wasn't expecting but we'll know what to expect the next time um, and uh, hopefully it, you know hopefully it comes off but again I can't be thinking about him until I get past this guy Gutierrez which is a, which is a tough fight dangerous fight young guy who's up for it a lot of youth on his side he's had 37 pro fights turned pro when he's 15 good puncher um He's big, massive. When I seen him at the, at the weigh-in, I was surprised at how big he is. But he's a lot of weight to shift. I saw him at the weigh-in, the, the press conference. But he's a lot of weight to shift, and I think that he'll be a different man when I see him on fight week. And with that in mind then, down the stretch, take him out? I, I, I'd be hopeful that I could do it, but I'm looking to go and, and put, a show on for put a show on and get back to doing what I, what I know how to do best. My last few fights, have kind of with Santa Cruz especially, I've kind of been fighting a bit too much um, even in, in the one that I won um, but I, you know, I'm a good boxer and I can get up on my toes and, and outbox people and bamboozle them if I want um, I want to get back to that and I think this guy is made for me to do that he'd be dangerous because he's a puncher but if I, if I get up on my toes and hit him with, with fast counters I'll break him down I'd be hopeful that I can be the first guy to stop him but the, the objective is obviously just to win Absolutely, they don't they don't they don't make bad fighters in Mexico, do they, mate? And that's where he's done the majority of his tutelage. Yeah, he's a, he's a good fighter. Uh, he was with Canelo Promotions at a time. Um, the only loss he's got on his career is to a former world champion Christian Mejares, and he didn't lose the fight. I watched. Yeah, it. it was a majority decision, that wasn't it? Yeah, was it? I, I, I what? Yeah, it was a majority decision. I watched the fight, and and, and I, it was, I don't even think it was that close. If I'm being honest, I think he won it by you know three or four rounds, probably. So. Um, highly controversial should probably be an undefeated fighter but um, I'm hoping hoping that I can do a proper job on him and the way things are going and training at the minute I'm starting to get my sharpness back and my timing's getting there uh, my lungs are are, are are getting back to what they used to be so I'm looking forward to it the, um, How important was it to do this in Belfast for you for the fans that have obviously I mean we know about your following mate I mean they, they, they follow you to New York they follow you to Vegas so how important was it from your point of view just say yeah it's a bit of a treat let's go and do this at home I wanted to fight at home and uh, that's what I wanted to do I haven't fought in Belfast for two and a half years obviously Windsor Park was disgusted and disappointed that we, we couldn't we couldn't do Windsor Park but things changed right at the last minute and it just made it kind of impossible for us to do that but 
Um, we do Windsor at some point in my career. Um, I'm just disappointed for people missing out on tickets, that's all. Um, well, what's happened there, man? Is Touts just buying stuff and flogging them off at ridiculous, ridiculous prices? Touts are doing that. They, they, get, they, they get a hold of the tickets and they sell them at 300, 400% and make a 300 or 400% markup on, on, on each ticket, which is unfair and, and I hate it, if I'm being honest, but that's the nature of the game and that's just what happens. It happens in, it happens in music, concerts, yeah. it happens in sport, it happens everywhere. Um, so there's not a lot you can really do about that, but it's not even it's not even the touts. It's just the demand. You know, the Odyssey holds nine thousand, and uh, we we probably could have sold eighteen eighteen thousand, maybe twenty thousand tickets, and um, that's it's just it's just unlucky that people are going to miss out. But um, the plan is to win this fight in in the Odyssey, um, have another fight hopefully before the end of the year, and then I'd like to come back to Windsor, kind of. Around May time, things things being well. If you like what you heard there, visit fightdisciples.com to hear the full 20-minute interview that my main man Adam here did with Mr. Carl Frampton ahead of this weekend. I am so excited for this fight. Terrestrial TV, two-weight world champion, potentially a three-weight world champion in the future, mm. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's going to have a go at it, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to have a go at the lad. And do you there's guys that have achieved great things. Like, for example, this weekend in America, we'll speak about this on tomorrow's show, but in America this weekend, you've got Adrian Braun, a four-weight world champion. You've got Mikey Garcia, a three-weight world champion. And I've no doubt there's people that listen to this that know them and like them, love them, loathe them, whatever it may be. There's something about Carl Frampton. That's the first time that I've really been in his company and just sitting and chilling. There's something about him that just makes you love him even more. Yeah, we speak like a Ricky Hatton effect, doesn't it? Absolutely, you can relate to him so much. Well, we were speaking, weren't we? We're doing a Mayweather McGregor series at the moment, aren't we? And we did a thing on Monday about um, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, of whether he should be classed as the great, uh, the best ever. Um, should we just judge him for what goes on inside the ring, or is that, or does he have to transcend to be classed as one of the best ever? You know what I mean. And you made some great points on that. I encourage anybody to go and have a little bit of a, a, a listen back to it. But Carl Frampton is that guy that does transcend. Yeah, he's the guy that goes to the pub, like Ricky, like you said, Ricky Atten, he goes to the pub with, with fans after a fight to say thank you for coming all the way to Las Vegas to watch me do my thing or New York or wherever it may be. But also, when he's in the ring. He's fantastic. He's, yeah. a, he's technically brilliant. He can fight any any different type of style. He's achieving all the things that he's achieving, but he's also just a nice, wholesome yeah. guy, father, married, or just fantastic guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't speak highly enough of him, and it's just nice that when you do meet people like that, that you have on a pedestal for their talent, they live up to the expectation. It's always good. They say never meet your heroes, but when you meet guys like that, it encourages you to do it a little bit more, doesn't it? 100%. And anyone who wants to catch up with Carl Frampton again, Saturday night, Channel 5, Terrestrial TV, Boxing, we love it. Thank you, Barry McGuigan. (laughs) Follow this guy's journey if you've not seen him before. Sensational boxing. In terms of following great boxing coverage, hit us up on fightdisciples.com and via all our social media. Get on our subscription database because all our podcasts are free. We talk about fighting nonstop. You love fight sports. Fightdisciples.com is for you. And if not, we will catch you here next Tuesday at 6.30. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.